Good morning, and welcome to Faithbrook. My name is Josh Friesen, and I'm one of the volunteer hosts at Faithbrook. Whether you're joining us in person or online, we're so excited and thankful that you're here today. If you're newer here, you might be wondering, what's this church all about, or why we do the things we do? Well, five minutes after the service today, right here in the worship center, we'll be holding our discovery class. Our discovery class is a great opportunity to sit down with our lead pastor and learn more about the church's history, mission, and our vision for the future. It's also a great opportunity to get any of your questions answered and for us to get to know you a little bit better too. So we hope to see you there. Our mission at Faithbrook is to love God, love people, and journey together. And one of the best ways that you can love God is by spending time in His Word, the Bible. If you haven't checked it out already, we suggest downloading the YouVersion Bible app. It's a great free resource. It's available on tablets or phones, and it has the entire Bible right at your fingertips. It also has great devotionals and reading plans that you can do by yourself or share with your friends and family. If you're already on the YouVersion Bible app, Scan this QR code to get connected to Faithbrook and set it as your church. We'll be able to share reading plans and a lot of great resources in the future. Let's journey together and grow in our faith by spending time in the Word of God. Well, in just a second, we're going to welcome our lead pastor, Jim Comfort, as we continue our series, Faithful. about the latest cryptocurrency scandal out there. Apparently, this company, FTX, took people's money and started abusing it and defrauding it. And before you know it, there are some major discrepancies that have found out. People are losing millions of dollars because someone was dishonest with their money. Have you ever been let down <clears throat> with people that were dishonest? Or, or even bigger than that, have you ever been let down by some of the institutions or people in our society that you counted on? And it seems like one day they seem to have it all together. Another day they seem to be really selfish or they're cheating or, or they're, they're breaking up. Even some of our celebrity iconic marriages, you're like, wow, they're keeping it together. Oh no, they're getting divorced, right? Can e anybody keep it together? Can anybody continue to keep their promises and have some integrity that we can count on out there? I, I think sometimes this bleeds over even to the Christian faith. Many times we can be let down by people who claim that they are Christians. Maybe someone in your neighborhood or in your work, uh, they were just sharing that, hey, they were at mass or they are at church and uh, it was a good weekend, but they're at the party or the happy hour, and before you know it, they're saying stuff. You're just kind of like, ah, oh, that doesn't sound like good Christianity to me. Uh, maybe they're the first one to complain, uh, having a pessimistic attitude. Maybe they're gospeling, and just overall, they're just not very nice people. And you're like, what, what, what gives with that? Before we know it, we're, we're asking ourselves, 
hey, can we live a, a Christian life that is full? Can we live a Christian life that is authentic? And, and more than that, can we find someone that seems to be a true, authentic follower of Jesus Christ that has a substance about them, that has a, a depth and a, a robust faith that follows Christ? Well, that's what we're looking at here this fall at Faithbrook. But first, I just want to welcome you uh, to Faithbrook. Maybe you're watching online. It's a, going to be a good day. God's already in the house. And we know that uh, winter showed up this week, right? And I know many of you are getting uh, pumped up, getting ready for uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, several of you have had a super busy week, and you're just kind of exhaling. So thanks for worshiping. Thanks for the worship team helping us out today. We are looking at the subject about faith that is full, right? What can fuel our faith in a world that's always draining, that seems to let us down, that is empty? What, what are those elements? Have you ever met a Christian that is full of faith? What, what about these people do they have that maybe you don't have or, or need to have? And so we are discovering that really there are six major elements that really increase our faith. The first one we discovered is that living full of faith starts with the word of God that points us to Jesus. So somewhere, hopefully, in your life, someone broke open the word of God and started sharing, maybe in, in a preaching um, environment like this, or maybe just personally, and it just all kind of came together. And you realize, man, I, I need Jesus. I, I need to say yes to Jesus, and, and I need to be forgiven of of the, the regrets and the sin in my life, and you said yes. And, and, and ever since then, you're, you're reading the Bible app. You're uh, uh, bringing in the word of God in your life that helps you grow your faith. The second element we discovered is that staying connected to people of faith grows our faith. Yes, the power of influence, the power, if you will, of peer pressure. It's just easier to stay um, authentic and devoted to Christ when we're around other people who are devoted for Christ. We, around here at Faith, where we kind of like to use the word sticky. Are, are, are people sticky? Are they finding friends? Are they cheering each other on? And when the chips are down, do they have their people praying for them and saying, you can do it. Let's continue on the journey of God's amazing love and grace. Now, the third one is pivotal circumstances. Ah. Oh. Some really stressful circumstances. Either they can be an obstacle or they can be an opportunity to build our faith. Remember, we wrestled with this, this statement. We don't actually know what we believe until what we claim to believe has been tested. Oh, yes, we believe in Jesus. We are Christian. All of a sudden, there is some major letdowns. There's some major heartbreak. And we're going through some crucibles of the soul, right? Some dark nights. And, and, and does God really care? And, and is he there? And before we know it, God is sustaining us and his grace is sufficient. And we come out of those valleys and God was there. And, and God did deliver and God did help. And before you know it, your, your faith is being filled up. Last week, Pastor Peggy did a great job talking about faith is built outside our comfort zones. Oh, yes, this definitely is a catalyst. So you, you have to take a step of faith and say, I, I'm going to do something a little risky, right? I've, I, I've never done this before. She talked about when God called Peter out of the boat, right, to walk on water. And sometimes, you know, just steps of faith. You're like, okay, for some of you, 
Just coming to church or watching consistently is a new step of faith. You're not used to that, right? You never know what those preacher guys are going to say. And so that's kind of a, a faith um, step that you're taking. Some people have volunteered. I'm not sure if I'll know all the answers, right? But, but I'll help volunteer maybe in kids or, or help here or, or volunteer there. That's a step of faith. Uh, sometimes it's, it's giving God a percent of our giving, what God has given us. That takes a huge step of faith. And before you know it, God does supply and God helps us and we're not collapsing and, and we're like, I can do this. And, and, and your, grace, your faith starts growing. Now this morning, we're going to be talking about one of the most um, probably delicate, um, deep subjects that grow our faith. And that has to do with the Holy Spirit. Now, when you just say the Holy Spirit... Most people, most Christians are kind of foggy about what is the Holy Spirit. It's just kind of a, the most mysterious elements of the six elements. Uh, some of you know that the Holy Spirit is the third part of the Trinity. Uh, you probably got some kind of idea of God the Father, the, the Creator. And then, of course, His Son, right? Jesus Christ, He died on the cross, rose. Yes, but the Holy Spirit, we're just not really sure about this Holy Spirit. And sometimes when, when ministers start talking about the Spirit of God and the Holy Spirit, we're like, are, are you like, like the, the Pentecostal people down the street, right? I don't know. They're kind of spooky, right? And my cousin, they go to a charismatic church, and there's a whole bunch of hand emotional stuff. And, and it's like, oh, Holy Spirit, right? Well, this morning, I hope to give you some kind of a better concept of how the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, and especially how the Holy Spirit can really uh, help us grow in our faith. Now, the Old Testament, uh, there are references to the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit really shows up in the New Testament. First place we see the Holy Spirit show up is in Jesus in his baptism. It, it says in Luke 3, 22, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. A voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you, I am well pleased. Now, by the way, this is a reference to Trinity, the Trinity of God, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, we, we see uh, God saying, you are my son. I, I love you. Uh, we see, of course, Jesus. And then the Holy Spirit, like a dove, comes down on Christ, and his ministry begins. Later, Jesus is trying to explain this, this mysterious spirit, his spirit. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you, do not, you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Uh, we, we don't know where the wind comes from. You really can't even see the wind, right? But you can see the effects of the wind. You can feel the effects. And this is God's Spirit. It's around us. It's in this room. You just can't see it, but you can feel it. And it has impact. Now later, as Jesus says, now, disciples, I'm going to be leaving you. I'm going to ascend. I'm leaving you what he calls an advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name and will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. This advocate is kind of like a, a lawyer, a counselor. They come beside you and they're like, I will go before you. Uh, the Greek is, is a paraclete, the one that is alongside of us. This Holy Spirit, he says, is coming before you. So you might be asking yourself, well, what does it have to do with me, right? If I want to live full in Christ and be one of those people, people are going to look to you and say, you know what, that guy's real. Uh, that, that 
uh, person is genuine in their faith. I can tell there's something about them that they're true in the Christian faith. What does this have to do with this? Well, what we discovered is that people filled with faith are oftentimes full of God's spirit. I mean, you find one of those Christians that they're really dedicated, devoted, right? You'll, you'll notice that they're full of not only Jesus, but the Holy Spirit, and they're living through the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, let me help you. Let me explain to you a little bit how that happens and how that grows in your life. I'm just going to follow the disciples' lives in the in the Bible and New Testament. So some of you know that, you know, they just have these Jewish men. Here comes Jesus. Um, all of a sudden, he's claiming he's the Messiah. Uh, for God so loved the world that he gave his son. And he, doesn't, he wants them to repent. He wants them to go to heaven. So he proclaims to these fishermen uh, people, hey, follow me. Now, this was a big leap for, for these fishermen to follow this guy named Jesus from Nazareth, right? And when they decided to follow him, something changed in their life. They became believers. They became Christians. Let me help you uh, understand this a little bit with uh, this diagram on this whiteboard. So these, these circles represent our life. Um, the chair represents control or the throne of our life. The S stands for ourself, right? So most all of us were like, hey, I, I, I like to lead my life. I want to be in control of my life, right? Um, and we, we, someone shares about Christ. Christ, and most people have heard about Christ. Many people are like, yeah, I, I intellectually, I know about Christ. But somewhere, the Word of God and Holy Spirit, it starts connecting with us that we have some, maybe some flaws and sins and regrets in our life. Somewhere in our life, we're like, man, we, we, we lied to somebody. Uh, we've been greedy. Uh, we've been prideful. We've been jealous. Uh, we, we've been lustful, right? I don't know, our mouth and anger got out of place. And, and we just kind of uh, pollute our soul with, with sin and regrets that are not of God. We, we know this about ourselves. This is what the disciples were like. We want to follow you, but they realize, man, we're not, we're not holy. Okay, you are holy. And by God's grace, Jesus said, I'm going to take you. I'm going to receive you. And they took the step of faith and they became what we would, what we would say, or a lot of people would say, oh, you are, you are saved. You're, you're saved from hell to damnation. You're saved. And so God, through his blood on the cross, is, was willing to forgive us and atone, cover, forgive all our sins, and we say yes to Jesus, and we, he comes into our life. Praise God. We are saved. We are now Christians. Uh, the promises of heaven. He loves us, and this is, this is where we're at uh, going forward. Now, the technical term of, of when Jesus comes into our, our life is, is an Old Testament term called sanctification. Sanctification. Or sanctified. Let's go with sanctified, okay? Sanctified technically means you're set apart. If something was sanctified, it's used for God's glory. It's like that, that thing is holy. Um, and when we are saved, Christ comes into our life, we become holy. And we become holy in God's mind. It's not by our works. It's not be, being great religious people. It's not by our righteousness. It's only by God's blood, only by God's um, grace in his blood that we are, in his mind, you are, you are holy. All right? So we start on this journey, just like disciples. 
going forward in, in their Christian world. Well, if you read the New Testament, you'll, you'll notice that the, the disciples still had some work to do, okay? So there was a lot of self still on their life that showed up with like, they would all be like, hey, Jesus, who, who's going to be your like VP? Who's going to sit on your right hand in, on the throne of God? We're, we're looking for power. We're looking for ego, right? And Jesus is like, that's not what I'm all about. We see people like uh, Peter. He just like still has some anger issues, man. Uh, Garden of Gethsemane, he gets all mad, pulls out a sword. He's wiping, slashing off the guard's ears. And Jesus is like, put away your sword. And, and so he's got Jesus. He's believing in Jesus, but he's still got some self, right? And, and then when the, the pressure's on, there's Peter. He's denying Christ. No, I don't know him. Uh, he's chicken. He's fearful. He don't want to go to jail or anything like that, man. It, it, it's, it's Christ, but also there's self that's still doing his thing. Now, Jesus knows that they need a second work in their life. Not so much about the cross and salvation. That took care of their sins. What Jesus is knowing is they got some problems with the control thing, the, the self thing. Who's going to be the supreme leader in their life? Now, if you look at the New Testament, you'll notice that there's the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then all of a sudden, it goes to Acts. And Acts is a different animal than the four Gospels, right? In the first chapter of Acts, he says, Now, boys and girls, I want you to go uh, stop what you're doing. I'm ascending. I want you to collect in Jerusalem an upper room and just pray and, and get desperate, get hungry, because I'm going to send that advocate, that Holy Spirit to you, all right? And that's exactly what happened. So in chapter 2, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit shows up. And Luke recorded this way. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues and the Spirit enabled them. Well, did they have the Holy Spirit? Yes, but they were not entirely filled with the Holy Spirit. And it, and it says that they started talking in these languages and miracles started happening. Uh, some of you know that that, um, that week was Passover week. There's a whole bunch of visitors to Jerusalem there, different dialects, different languages. And all of a sudden, God just poured this like tongues of fire on them and they start speaking and preaching. And it says that over 3,000 people became believers of, of Christ and, and accepted in Christ. It was like awesome. And what we see in this Pentecostal experience in Acts 2 is that these Christians were, were like two different Christians. We, we see that like, like Peter... He's, he's kind of chicken. He wants to deny Christ. and It's all about himself. But when Pentecost of the Holy Spirit fell on him, he was a different kind of Christian. He didn't care about being persecuted. He didn't care about if he went to jail. Man, he was bold. He, his, uh, self was off the throne. And, and, uh, and it looks like this now. What happened there is that when they allowed the Holy Spirit to fill them entirely, Self got over here, and God got on the throne. And you can say Jesus, you can say the Holy Spirit, you can say God became first place in their life. There was no more up and down, inconsistent. It was going to be God first. You have first place in my life. You're going to be the Lord, the master of my life. It's these people filled with faith are often full of God's spirit. Now, here's where it gets a little bit tough, all right? Let's be honest. When we look at this, we kind of look at ourselves. If you claim to be a, a, a Christ follower and you said yes to Jesus and repenting of your sins and you're like, yeah, I'm in, sometimes we're like, I don't know about this, all right? This shows up in, in Romans, uh, Romans um, 6, 7, and 8. So in chapter 7, 
Paul, Paul's like, you know, I, I'm kind of a Christian. I know what I want to do, but a lot of times I don't do it. And I'm all over the place and I'm kind of discouraged and upset with myself because I know I need to be holy. I'm trying to be holy and half the time I'm not holy. We were see in Romans 8 where it says you're either um, guided by the spirit or you're guided, and Romans 8 talks about guided by the flesh, guided by the, the self. You're, you're either or, right, as Christian. And then in Romans 6, it says something has to be dealt with. Something has to be dealt with. He uses the word crucified. There has to be a consecration. There has to be a surrender right over here. So my friends, here's where it's tough, okay? It's not so much about our sins. We can kind of identify that, okay? It's more about control. Who's going to be the boss? Who's going to be the pilot of our life? I would submit to you a lot of times, praise God, when we receive Jesus, we onboard him onto our plane and we say, Jesus, I need you to be my co-pilot. I got a tough life and all kinds of problems and all kinds. Please help me, Jesus. He's like, I'm there. You are saved. I'm right here. But pretty soon, Jesus looks over to us and says, can I take the controls? Can I run your life? And, And when we say yes to him, God's all of his spirit fills us completely. Now, the Apostle Paul reinforces this. He's got these Christians uh, sprinkled around the Mediterranean, these young Christians in these little churches, right? And he's writing letters to them. We have those in our canonized Bible. And so one of them is Ephesus, and he, and he writes to them in Ephesus 5.18. He says, do not be drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled. There's that word again. And if you look at the Greek, the word filled means Filled. Complete. Okay. So, uh, uh, so a lot of times, uh, people are leaning on other things besides the Holy Spirit. I'm stressed out. I'm sad. I got problems. And so, I don't know, maybe money will help me. Uh, maybe, I don't know, a lot of fun and entertainment. Maybe some alcohol, food, you name it. In fact, I was just listening to a podcast about some ministers that, that I um, admire. And, and one was confessing. He says, man, during the pandemic... I noticed that I was partaking of a lot more alcohol than usual. I mean, I just needed some more wine. I needed some more beer. And my wife kind of um, challenged me on that and said, well, what's going on? And he says, now I look back at it. You know, I was really relying more on the alcohol to soothe me, to medicate my stress, rather than God's spirit. And I had to do something about that. That's what Paul's talking about. He goes to another church in Thessalonica, chapter 5. And he says to them, may the God himself, the God of peace... God wants to give us peace. Sanctify you through and through. Um, other interpretations would say, uh, sanctify you entirely. All of you. I would suggest a lot of times that we have some of God, but we're not entirely full of God. And look how the whole part of our life, may your whole, everything, total, spirit, soul, even your body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the next verse says, what God asks us to do, God would be faithful to do. God's not asking us to do something that he's not willing to help us complete, but we got to have the help of the Holy Spirit to help us. I brought this little uh, glass up here, and uh, maybe you can't see, see it all, um, but would you say this is full? You know, the water line is about right here. And you're like, uh, yeah, what's in that glass? Well, it's not ice, it's rocks, all right? So I ask you that again, is this glass full? Well, technically you'd say, no, it's not full because it's got a bunch of rocks in there. 
And that's a lot of times where our life is. The water represents God's spirit. He's in our life, right? But we're not entirely filled with his spirit because we still have a lot of self on the throne that wants to control our life. Now, that's why Jesus said, hey, guys, this Christianity movement thing is not going to happen unless you get filled entirely with the Holy Spirit. And mm, a lot of uh, churches, Christians would call it a Pentecostal experience. And, and the church just started flourishing. Uh, he knew that a lot of times we just can't live really authentically and dedicated and consistently. We're probably going to let down people and fail a lot of times if we're just living in this circle right here. Jesus is in my heart, but I'm still the boss. And Jesus like, have no other gods before you. I'm going to be first place in your life. And he wants to fill us entirely. So they stuck around. Now, now friends, how many times have you been dis, uh, disappointed in a Christian that has failed in somehow? Uh, they, 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 maybe it's preachers, ministers especially, right? They're, they're supposed to be these holy people and stuff. And, and all of a sudden, man, they're having discrepancies. They're doing stuff. And you're like, what's going on? Maybe it's a money thing. Maybe it's a sexual thing, right? Maybe it's a mouth thing. Uh, and it's just two types of Christians, Sunday Christians. And, and, and we've all been disappointed. In fact, the world sees that. And they're like, I don't, wanna, I don't need your religion if it's just a bunch of inconsistent Christians. Kind of reminds me of the famous quote, Brennan Manning, who said, the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians. Really? Who acknowledges Jesus with their lips, walk out the door and deny him with their lifestyle. So you want Jesus as a co-pilot to go to heaven when we're in need. But a lot of times we want the rest of the world to ourselves, And we have two different lifestyles in our life. And people see that. We see that. So does this make sense? So what do we, what do we have to do to correct this? If we have a desire to be full of faith, if we have a desire to be consistent, that somewhere my life doesn't always break down, that I'm not one person on the weekend or, or Sundays and on Wednesdays and Friday nights, and somewhere, well, what needs to be done? Well, maybe, maybe it's your, you're at this place, that, that God is outside your life. You're exploring Christianity. Maybe you're watching. Maybe you're talking. But somewhere you've got to say yes to Jesus, and you trade the sin, and you trade the sin for his love to forgive you, and you became a Christ believer. Some of you, maybe many of you, are over here. This is where I find myself a lot of times. That, that it's not so much about sin, it's about my will. And here's what we have to do. we got to trade all of ourselves for all of him. You have to trade you for all of God. Now, this takes courage, this takes faith. But it's such a catalyst to grow our faith completely in him. And sometimes God uses tough circumstances. That he'll allow trials in our life. He'll allow painful things in our life because he's knocking on the door. He says, will you let me control it? Will you let me finally, will you just surrender your life and give me all and let me take responsibility for your past, for your now, and for your future? But Jim, that, that's pretty risky. I don't want to be one of those radical, crazy Christian people, right? He might even call me in the ministry like you, and I'm not doing that at all, right? Uh, so w w what happens, right? Well, let me tell you a little bit of the trade-off, right, for yourself, for God. Uh, Paul writes it this way in Romans 15. May the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And let's just look at some of these words. When we trade all ourselves for God, he wants to fill us, there's that word again, fill, with what? Joy, right? Here's what I want to give you today. 
is that when we quit wrestling on who's going to be the control of our life and we just surrender our life to him, there's finally a joy that we can, we can almost relax and just enjoy God because he's the boss. Just show me where to show up. Show me how to speak, how to love God. And the war is over. We're not warm with God anymore because we've settled it. Your first place in my life. And all of a sudden there's peace in our soul. There's a smile on our face. There's joy going on. And when the stressful times show up, Hey, man, I got cancer, or I lost my job, or, or, or there's a tragedy. There's where the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says that the, the, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For when we don't even know what to pray, we're so stressed out. That's where the Spirit himself intercedes for us. That's the promise of God, that there is joy, there is peace, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope the power so there's power to overcome temptation my friends just because we have temptation doesn't mean that we have to give into that temptation we don't always have to be sinning we don't always have to be giving into that that there's power to overcome that you don't want your minister just always be sinning do you no because i need my life to be full of the holy spirit so one of these temptations that i can stand before you and say you know i might not perform just perfectly in everything i do i, I know that right but I'm not going to, but the Holy Spirit allows me to say, no, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to live full of the Holy Spirit and the power for miracles to show up in your life. Amazing things can help you. Pastor Peggy, I, I got a kick out of her watching her last, last week. Uh, she was like, you know, I was just an introvert person. I, I got called into ministry or preaching when I'm 50. I don't get in front of people, right? I'm a female, et cetera, et cetera. Next thing you know, she does a fabulous job, right? And that's the power of miracles that happen in your life when you, when you get past yourself and you put Christ first in your life. And then that hope, right? Because there's a disposition, that we're like, man, it's not me anymore. It's just God. And before we know it, there's manifestations of goodness of God. I, I love the description that Paul gives about the fruits of the Spirit. For the fruits of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, and, and faithfulness. Right? A lot of times we are trying to manufacture the spirit, uh, the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Man, I need to be more patient. I got to be more self-controlled, right? I, I got to be more loving, right? And, and that's not the deal here. A lot of times you got to allow the Holy Spirit to do that in your life. And when we get self off the throne and we put Christ and the Holy Spirit on, on the throne of our life, a lot of that stuff just shows up. Before you know it, you want to be peaceful. You want to be patient. You want to be kind. It's just a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit. So again, it's about trading all of you for all of him. What this looks like um, in your everyday life, let's, let's just take, for instance, this cup. So God, I know that's not completely filled, right? So God's going to ask you to do a brave thing and say, will you let me be first place in your life? And would you just uh, sift everything through me? So we have to take some in our life. We have to look at the rocks that are in our life and we have to examine them and we have to pray through them. And we say, now, God, is this of you? And, and, and God might say, yeah, that's, that's not a me. That's, that's not helping your soul. That practice, that habit, that thing you do, it's not, you got to let that go. And by, and by faith, we surrender these things. And, and we say, well, God, I, I got this in my life. I, I really like this. Uh, you want that in my life? And like, um, no, that's, that's probably not, that's not the best for you. Okay. And then it takes courage to say, God, I let it go. 
I let it go and give it to you. And, and, and what about this, God? And God might say, yeah, I, that's good. Uh, thank you for asking. That's exactly what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we're just letting God to be in charge of our life, the pilot of our life. Is this what you want? He says, yeah, I keep that in your life. Yes. And if there's anything empty, we're like, God, fill me daily. Fill me with your Holy Spirit because life is tough and I want to live authentically. I want my coworkers, I want my neighbors, I want my family, right, to say that that guy is full, that person is full of the Holy Spirit. Fill me full and overflowing. That's my heart today. Now, is that your heart today? Or would you say maybe your life is full of self, but also full of God and, and, and you're trying to make sense of that? Maybe today God is calling you to grow your faith to be completely full. And to be honest, you're like, half of my life has been me. It's what I want. I want control. I want to be the pilot. But today, the Holy Spirit is coming on and says, maybe we need to trade ourselves, all of ourselves, trust him, and put Christ as the center of our life. Maybe today that um, you're, it's making sense to you. you. You really never or have been a long time since you said, God, I need you to come in my life. I got some sins that I'm, I'm not I'm very uh, embarrassed about. I want you to heal me. I want you to cover me. I say yes to you. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to have the next five, seven minutes in your life to speak to you? I'm going to ask Nicole to come forward, and uh, she's going to sing a song, but I, I, I would like for you to just give the Spirit some time to speak to you and minister to you. And one of the best ways we can do that is to kind of close her eyes and just listen to the Spirit. So as um, she's about to sing, let's kind of just go into prayer. When we close her eyes, it helps us a lot to listen to the Spirit. helps us to stay away from the distractions. And, and this, this song is about being filled. It's about being in the presence of God. And in the middle of it, we're going to take some time to pray and say, God, I want to trade all of myself for all of, of you. Let's do some reflection. Let's do some kind of evaluation. Would you give the gift of privacy to your neighbor by closing your eyes? This is a holy moment. If the Holy Spirit is true, then he has been pursuing you. Maybe it's just you're coming to awakening to say, you know, my problem is I haven't given myself totally over to God. I've been just kind of going through the motions, kind of part-time, inconsistent. But I know probably my greatest need is to surrender myself, to trade myself, my past, my future, myself today for all of God. My friends, if this is your heart, that you want all of God today. He wants all of you. He wants all of you. With our heads bowed, eyes closed, just to get privacy, I'd like to take you through a little exercise. And if you feel like you do this, and I'd like for you to just put your palms out where you're sitting. And your palms up and out represent you're holding on to the things that are really important to you. Maybe the things that you're trying to achieve, maybe the things that are stressing you out, basically the things that you are trying to control or you want to control. And 
Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, comes alongside you and asks you to release him, to surrender him, to give him to him, to trust him with the most precious things in your life. So if you're willing to do that, have courage and faith to surrender yourself, to trade yourself, I'd like for you just to roll your hands over in an act of surrendering and releasing yourself, releasing control, releasing the last rocks in your life. Oh God, you love these people dearly. You want us to trust you. God, you're receiving the things that have been precious that we're holding on to. Take them. Empty ourselves. And now I'd like for you to turn your palms up, back up. And by faith, would you just cry out for the filling of the Holy Spirit? That God's amazing love now has all of you. He can have the past, he can have the future, he can have everything about you. Say, God, I, I want all of you. Fill me completely. Fill me completely. Use me. Show me. I'm yours. I'm willing. Oh God, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God up in your presence. I just want to sit here at your feet I'm caught up in this holy moment I never want to leave Oh, I'm not here for blessings Jesus, you don't owe Thanksgiving.